Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are continuing with a 2010-ish timeline in our coverage. We're going to talk about the unusually released 2010. Right. We're actually going back in time, sort of, because we started with Welcome to America. That's right. Since it was an estate release with the full album and the Blu-ray of the concert Mm -hmm. in Inglewood, California in 2011. And we just felt it's so closely connected to and adjacent to 2010. Why not just put it in reverse and... So Go we check can, this out. I feel like we're, we drive around one of those golf ball collecting tractors at a driving range, <laughs> and we're just, well, we're over here. Let's collect some of these, because we don't do this show in chronological no. order. We do it the way we want, despite what all of our bosses have ever told us to do, and we still haven't gotten fired. <laughs> yeah. Who's the boss I don't in know. this? Andr- Andr- Angela? <laughs> You're the boss. <laughs> well, well, you do 90% of the work, so oh. I can say that I think you're the boss. Yeah, but I don't ever decide what we talk about next. Well, I don't <laughs> decide. I decide the topics, but I don't decide what we talk about. Oh, well, that's true. You you, do, you, you choose the material. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ha- so we're going to cover something. Yeah, so, so it might as well be this. And, and, none, it's, and it's all going to be historic now. That's right. So really... You do 95% of it. Oh, oh, you're so sweet. I show up and sit here. Uh, and bring such wonderful ideas and incredible thoughts that that's why people listen. Oh, I was going to say, I sit here driving the golf ball collecting tractor. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but let's talk about 2010. All right. So it was released in July of 2010 in yes. the British newspaper, The Daily Mirror. Yeah, uh, the Daily Record in Scotland, but mm-hmm. maybe on a different day. I, it was difficult to tell okay. exactly the sources I was looking at. Okay, and in Belgian newspapers, Het Nieuwsblad and Die Hentenaar. Wow, I'm glad that you covered that part. If it were me, uh-huh. with my five percent contributions, I would have said released in Europe on a, in a few magazines and oh, newspapers. Oh, okay, well. But yeah, you covered them all. I, you had to say them all, I too. Pick, I did. I even looked up how to pronounce some stuff. Yeah. So I tried my best. Yeah. If You, you can at me if I said them wrong, but I tried <laughs> okay. really hard to get it right. Did you cover the Germany releases, I, too? No, I hadn't gotten there yet. Okay. The German version uh, was issued July 22nd, 2010 in Rolling Stone mm-hmm. and was also in a French newspaper, Courier International, distributed July of 2010 as well. There you go. Yeah. So all July 2010, different right. places in Europe. According to Dr. Funkenberry mm-hmm. on his blog, yep. uh, whom Prince was fond of, uh, there were other European newspaper distributions planned, and Warner Brothers was supposed to distribute in other territories, including the U.S., but the, those things never materialized. Right. So, Which is strange. It just kind of fell apart and didn't happen, and mm-hmm. there was really no comment either direction there. Right. So if you were like us, or me, at the mm-hmm. time... You knew this album was coming out, but um, it was a very difficult thing to get. You had to know a guy, know someone, if you wanted a physical copy uh-huh. uh, from across the pond, so That's to speak. Right. Yeah, um, I ended up with 
high bitrate MP3s of uh-huh. the album yep. and then got a physical copy of the album from a friend overseas and decided not to open it. Still uh, in a closet somewhere here um, with the newspaper. Yeah. And, of course, now it's available on streaming services. Which and is great. Lossless on Apple Music. And Which is amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. But, yeah, at the time it was not a... It was a shame because, um, I mean, it went basically unknown because it was not known and not available. Mm-hmm. There was a European tour, mm-hmm. uh, Prince 2010 tour, but only three songs from this album got regular play on that tour. And the album may have been a promotional tool for the tour rather than the other way around. Normally we see a tour supports an album. Yeah. This may have been an album supports the tour. Yeah, it was strategically placed, right, in mm-hmm. these locations as right. cover mounts, um, basically as ads for prints. And mm-hmm. then you see a new Prince album for free in a newspaper, you buy it, then you hear, oh, he's, there's a tour. Uh-huh. Maybe, Let's go. Maybe you go. Yeah. The trio of Shelby J. Liv Warfield and Elisa Fiorillo Deese provide some backing vocals on this, just as they did for Welcome to America. Yeah, that's another reason I thought we ought to cover this together, because they had did a long stint in the studio and touring with Prince. Yes, yes. It was around this time that Prince declared the internet completely over, thus you could not download this album anywhere. Not legally. At the time, not legally. Right. Yeah, and he kind of clarified that later by saying... You know, of course, he didn't mean like no one's going to use the internet anymore. He meant for musicians as a means of distribution. Right. That it, he saw in his eyes that it had sort of played its role and uh-huh. he was ready to do something else. Uh-huh. And maybe maybe right uh, from a money standpoint for artists, that's yeah. probably correct. And that, of course, is where a lot of his decisions and opinions came from was compensation mm-hmm. for artists, rightfully so, and ownership by artists. Right. Um, but yeah, the world of streaming hadn't really taken off yet. And of course that's now where 90, I mean, there are as, as large of a percentage of people listen to streaming services as your contributions to this podcast, I would say now <laughs> oh. 95%, yeah, maybe more. Yeah. Which in a lot of ways is a little sad because I know there's compensation issues, Yep, but it also means that the work of the artist gets heard. It does. So it's easy to find. Good. And, um, you know, easy to share online. Uh-huh. Um, and it's legal to do right. that, you know, to share links to streaming services. So pros and cons for sure. Like yeah. even, uh, you know, small, smaller or up and coming artists can get on the same platforms as the big mm-hmm. boys, which, you know, you walk into Music Land or Sam Goody or wherever it was yeah. that you got your CDs and getting in there was a... Was a real challenge. Yeah, you needed a label and you needed manufacturing money and marketing yeah. help and you can yeah. avoid all of that now with streaming. Well, and you can. Uh, well, our our friend Eloy, mm-hmm. who runs the Princess Friend YouTube channel, right. recorded an album. He calls uh, himself... Well, or his band. I think he has some friends who helped him with some of the instruments. Okay. It's called Strays of the World. And he's on streaming services, and his album's pretty good. Cool. So it's, you know, it's super fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, unrelated to uh, Strays yeah. of the World. I mean, that's it's been fodder for Jimmy Fallon and, you know. Yeah. Uh, do not playlist <laughs> that kind of thing. So there's a wide range of talent and lack true. thereof that uh-huh. um, is entertaining. Yeah. For sure. 
In 2010, Prince told Rolling Stone he should go into studio rehab. Yeah. Because he was in a habit of recording something pretty much every single day. Yeah. Um, And we know he took a release break because after this, he did not release anything officially until... 2014 third eye girl we don't know and can't really know if he did take a studio break yeah he probably did not i mean mean, that seems very unlikely to me but yeah he said the same thing in an interview on arsenio hall's reboot mm -hmm. in 20 when was that early 2014 something like that Uh that uh, he was taking his time to put together an album that felt good together and there was no hurry so i wonder if the distribution failure with or the partnership falling apart with Warner Brothers to distribute 2010 in the U.S. and other territories might have pushed him over the edge to take a hiatus. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need this. He was still active and touring and that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, albums. Yeah, I would say I'd agree. Uh, I read the same thing. I think that was on Prince Vault that the album turned into a tour promotion. Yeah. Rather than the, the other, other way, way around. around. Yeah. Prince wore a shirt to the BET Awards with the album cover on it. Right. But that was prior to the announcement that it was going to be released in this unusual way, which isn't completely unusual because he'd done Planet Earth the same way. Yes. Yeah. Also not unusual for him to show up at award shows or even perform (laughs) with backdrops and graphics that Uh may or may not end up materializing. Right. Like the stuff was being made. Yeah. And, you know, there might have been a plan A, and we know that plan A often turned into plan W (laughs) by the time it materialized. Right. Exactly. So it was just kind of fun to read articles from when the album came out Uh and have people realize, oh, wait, that was the album cover on his shirt. Right. And we thought it was just funny meta prints wearing a A print shirt shirt, and really he was promoting this, but nobody knew about it yet. So how fun is that? It's fun. Yeah. I think it's really enjoyable. So speaking of the cover. Yeah. uh, It was designed by Debbie McQuan, who was a clothing designer for Prince at the time. Right. So uh, you have strong feelings about the image of Prince on the cover. I'll preface this by saying, yes, the illustration was done by Debbie McGuan. Uh um, And it is sort of in the style of like fashion sketches, very like NPG Music Club Mm -hmm. era drawings. Yes. Drawings. Drawings. Yeah. Which I get that. That's cool and fun. But there are things about, like, the proportion of the human body that get, I guess, overlooked. Uh And so if you measure or just, you know, try to estimate the length of Prince's neck. Uh I don't know what you thought I was going to say there, but it's neck. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) From his shoulders to his chin, it is like four times the length of an actual human neck. Uh Uh-huh. And he looks like, to me, all I can see when I look at it is the the announcers for the pod race in Star Wars, <laughs> The Phantom Menace, that one of the guys was voiced by Greg Proops, and uh-huh. I forget who to the other one. They've got these long necks, and their heads are floating around announcing the podcast. It is just, I mean, it's alien-looking to me. Okay. And I am not a fan yeah. at all. I know you're not a fan. However, I will say the other stuff... 
outside of the illustration of prints is very cool. It's kind of this gooey gradient, um, colorful neon stuff. It almost looks stuff. like sand, undulating sand, yeah. and behind him it kind of looks like the silhouette of a face. Yes, there are other things about it that I do like. It's uh-huh. just the focus of the illustration to me mm. is, I mean, I think it was a unnecessary you know, uh-huh. I mean, Prince himself said, aren't you sick of looking at me on the cover of all these albums? And yeah, then continued it was, to do it. Here's this unusual way of looking at him. It was which, unusual, all right. Well, and now that I understand that it was drawn by a fashion fashion designer, designer. yeah, it makes more, more sense. sense. Like yeah. we wanted to give room to show what the collar should look like and how the, the shape of it. Yeah. You if you elongate the neck, you can emphasize the shape of the color. Yeah. And really see maybe that in itself was exaggerated a little bit, even though in Welcome to America on the DVD we saw him in an impossibly large. Yeah. Folded uh, collar. Folded collar. So it was maybe not that out of the realm of possibility. But yeah. if you want to emphasize that and show it and still have his face be a feature, then yeah. maybe you elongate the neck a little. Sure. So it does, it bothers me less now that I know that it's... That's why I wanted to preface it. Like, I understand the intent behind it. And mm-hmm. it may have just been a drawing from her to him to approve an outfit. Yeah, you know, which is look. super cool. I which love really that. Cool. I mean, he may have said, that's going to be the album cover. Yeah. And, you know, that's cool. She may not have even known what she was right. doing at the yeah. She knows what she's doing. She didn't know what, she, what the purpose of it would, would end up being. Right. Or she knew what the purpose she was drawing it for, but didn't know where it would yeah. you or know, if it be would ever used be alternatively. Seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to point out the... Typeface okay. used all over Welcome to America. The all caps curly uh-huh. stuff is the same typeface used on oh, the track listing on okay. the back of the 2010 album. Very cool. CD. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And I love the little tight treatment yeah, with the... two zero. Yeah. The, and 10 inside of it. And it's all part of the love symbol. I thought that was really cool. Me too. I almost thought that could have been a cool cover by itself. By itself. Mm-hmm. There are other things. It's just, it's kind of a, it's a collage sort of mess and not in a graffiti bridge kind of way where it was designed to look like a collage. To me, it looks like there are pieces taken from different uh, artists uh-huh. who were not working together and, yeah. and, you know, or did not know, like I said, what the purpose of this stuff would be. And it was sort of combined to mm-hmm. make this album cover. That's fair. Because there is this kind of flower uh-huh. at the bottom behind prints and that almost looks like a photograph that's photoshopped yeah. in and i like everything else is illustrated i wish that had been illustrated as well yeah it bothered me a little bit that bothered me after i read about the origin of the drawing uh-huh which the drawing by the way also has a little hand with a uh on the shoulder there's like a hand holding a pencil like like it's, it's being drawn yeah yeah well, like I you mean, said, very meta. Yeah, it's very, very meta. And I was like, okay, well, everything else is drawn. I wish that had been drawn too. Very so that fair. maybe bothered me more than the neck thing. But okay, all right. I do have some thoughts about the structure of this album. Okay. Um, but I'm going to start talking about that after the second song. Oh, okay. So all right. Uh, well, I'll keep an ear that out for that. Okay. It's coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All very right. Good. So let's talk about the music. 
Okay. Compassion. Yeah. We know that at least some of this recording was done in 2006-ish. Yes. Because Ray Montanero provides trumpet, and he worked with Prince from 2005 to 2006. Right. He's commented on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starts with these a peppy sound and grinding guitars, which is fun, yeah. a little disparate, but in a very enjoyable, interesting way. Get it on. Right on. Yes. I also thought um, from the very beginning, it has a lot of let's pretend we're married in it. Oh. Particularly like under mm-hmm. the first bis- the first verse when he starts singing and there's this repeating synth sound that I hear and it almost sounded like an updated version of let's pretend we're married to okay. me for uh, parts of this. Now, of course, it's radically different. Um, it just reminded me of that song a lot. Cool. I guess he didn't like the music on the radio when all that's on the radio is electromagnetic pop. All that's on the radio is electromagnetic pop. Uh, right. Yeah. I'm like, I guess he's not a fan. Okay. Probably not. No. Yeah, especially, you know, his own basically being ignored his own experience kind of being ignored by radio mm-hmm. on not having a label behind you and yeah. not having a lot of it was difficult to coordinate marketing for prince when albums get recorded and you don't know if they're coming out or not or they might show up the next day they might never come out right it's hard to make a marketing plan when you don't know what's actually going right. to happen and you don't want to send a press release out for an album that Prince decides he's going to pull at the last second. That's right. And you can't send one out for an album that he just decided he's going to put out. Yeah. And or your I mean, name, you can, but you, it's not going to get the coverage. Yeah, or you're going to get ignored yeah. after that happens once. Or your name is Debbie, and you're like, hey, all I did was draw a picture of a shirt for him. <laughs> <laughs> can we back up a little bit? Because I thought that a lot of Prince's thinking and where his... Areas of study were at this time are sort of summed up in the very first verse. Okay. Which I never really studied or looked at too carefully until we started listening to this album for this podcast. The zero point approaches and the field around you drop. Thoughts become reality and it feels like time has stopped. Zero point approaches and the field around you drop. Thoughts become reality and it feels like time has stopped. So there is a, depending on your political leanings, you might hear this and go, oh gosh, or right on. But it's a Huffington Post blog or commentary by a contributor who is a scientist. And Christy, I will let you share this link on social media. Segue, segue, segue. <laughs> on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast on Twitter, at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. Or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Peter Baxa is the scientist who wrote this article called The Zero Point Field, How Thoughts Become Matter. Ooh. And I was like, what is a zero point? First of all, it doesn't uh-huh. sound like something that Prince made up. That's got to be some kind of scientific <laughs> thing. Um, sounds like that. And so here it is. And I, was, I read this first paragraph or a paragraph that I will read an excerpt of here, and ask yourself if this does not sound like Prince's thinking. The lowest possible energy of a given system must be greater than the minimum potential of the well. 
and that's its zero-point energy. This leads us to postulate the collective potential of all particles everywhere with their individual zero-point energies merging into one universal zero-point field. The theories and scientific approach in this particular area of quantum physics lay the groundwork for attempting to explain how the mind, brain, and brain waves initiate transactions in the natural, how our thoughts commingle with everything else and cause matter to manifest in our lives. The huh. more we look at this area, the clearer the God-science connection becomes. If thoughts equal energy and energy equals matter, then thoughts become matter. Observe your thoughts as they will manifest themselves in your life in the natural via the zero-point field. Huh. That's interesting. Does that not sound like something that Prince would be like, let's sit down and talk about that? Okay, you know what it makes me think of? A Dan Brown book, and I can't remember if it was the Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons. It might have been Angels and Demons, where they were talking about science that when a lot of people pray for a particular thing to happen all at once, Mm -hmm. that it's more likely to happen because of actual manifesting on interesting in the world. Oh, I haven't read those books in I mean it's been so long, years. but that's all, that's really the only thing that stuck with me from those. I know there was like a lot of chase scenes and Illuminati and stuff, but I found that really anyway, interesting. Just really, so I was like, what is zero huh. point? And then you read this and it's like, yeah, I can that makes see sense. this is probably something that... Very um, like mystical, mm-hmm. sort of based in science, but might kind of be a conspiracy theory. Well, it seems very Prince. And also reli- religious and, mm-hmm. you, know, um, you know, sort of fringe thinking. Sure. A little bit. Sure, sure. So yeah, sorry. Then we get into electromagnetic pop that makes your teeth gnash, mm-hmm. according to Prince. Oh, some some uh, references to climate change here yeah. about things heating up and things freezing over. Yes. Which uh, is continued yeah. in the Welcome to America album. Yeah, when ego, fear, and judgment became the rule of law, watch the polar ice caps heat up, melt down, and thaw. Mm-hmm. When ego, fear, ego, and judgment, judgment become the rule, the rule of, law. of law, watch the polar ice caps heat up, melt down, and thaw. He doesn't have uh, seem to have a lot of love for either political party in the U.S. either. No sanctity to the left of you, no righteousness to the right. Right. No sanctity to the left of you, no righteousness to the right. Which is, Leah Day get, I, I'm not even quite sure, I mean, sanctity of life. It was an abortion comment. Was it a yeah. marriage comment? Tough to know. I mean, it is tough to know, but. Yeah. Those are fair arguments. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I could see how, hey, there's an album idea here, or mm-hmm. at least a song idea here. Right. Um, I th- think there's the, a little bit of build-up, too, to the next song, beginning yeah. Endl- endlessly Yeah. in some of the repeated parts of this. Uh, you know, whatever skin you're in, we all need to be friends, all happy again, so much better than nothing. Whatever skin you're in, we all need to be friends. Uh, Then it continues, everybody can win with a little faith in men, beginning of an end, the start of a brand new something. Everybody can win with a little faith in men, beginning of the end, start of a brand new something. I had never really thought about, you know, the transition from this song to the next and that Mm. lyric being kind of buried. Yeah. In compassion. Yeah. 
Interesting. I wondered, uh, what was it in on Welcome to America? There was a place where you had said that you found it kind of fun that was like a... This is what reminded me of it, the the a new international anthem. Oh, they, he says uh-huh. that here. Yeah, there was, uh, they talked about the, like a global sort of community where the earth is united as part of a. Yes. Oh. It was in the title track, Welcome yes. to America. I pledge allegiance to the earth of the United States of the universe. Correct. That's yeah. what I was trying to remember. Which yeah. was also similar to. The United States of Division from Musicology. Right, right. A lot of yeah. overlap in some of this, at yeah. least the themes. For sure. Yeah. There were some fun synthesizer and horn combos. Yeah, it's interesting that yeah. there are live horns on this song, but no others in the whole mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Get it on, get it on. Well, speaking of relationships between the songs, Beginning Endlessly is mm-hmm. the second song. This one has these like interesting organ type sounds. It wasn't so Hammond organ, so I didn't, they didn't bother me as much in this one. Yeah, that was that's definitely something we've uncovered recently in your uh, dislike for the Hammond organ. <laughs> is the bird feed distracting? Never mind the bird feed, honey. Just tell me your name. Never mind the bird feed, honey. Just tell me your name. I thought <laughs> I'm distracted that you even mentioned it. Um, I was thinking that the meaning there is you don't need to put out little uh-huh. appetizers to lure me in. Uh huh. Just go ahead and tell me your name. name. Like uh, I'm interested. I think okay. that that's. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. I was thinking she was interested in the bird seed, but it's more like her throwing out the bird seed to try and get him closer. Right. Yeah, because he's ready to be all in. Correct. Yeah, he doesn't think she's going to have her name very long because either a he's going to marry her and change it, or uh-huh. b he's going to give her a new name because he did that to right. A lot of- interests yes musical or love yeah Yeah. or or take a name away and you'll just be known as bria Uh or maite Uh or apollonia yeah or vanity yeah we can go on yeah i thought that the beginning of the song with the synthesizers reminds me a little bit of like a song you would hear on 1999 again too Mm -hmm. so the similarities between the two albums that are named after years continue i mean and we know why 1999 was this milestone i don't quite know how 2010 is the same yeah um that's where we are um is there anything more prince than how he pronounces and sings the word heart and hearts it's ha- heart for him. Okay. If you and I could ever open up our dirty hearts. Oh, He's okay. got a particular way of the A-R-T pronunciation huh. that is either it's very Minnesotan or it's just very Prince. And it shows up a few times on uh-huh. this album and it always catches my ear. Like, <laughs> oh, that's, it's really cute. Yeah. He's got this. Aww. It's sweet. It's He's the got kind a of thing of that he accent. does. There's very little that Prince does that isn't intentional in right. some way, shape, or form. So it's fun to find these little things like, oh, this is just like who you are and how you speak. And maybe it's something you don't even realize that you're doing. No, that's fun. Shining star is just another part. You and I could ever open up our dirty heart. Boy, he wants a big love for 
his partner and by extension himself. Why should you be satisfied with just heaven and earth when you look around? There's so much more to the universe. Why should you be satisfied with just heaven and earth? When you look around, there's so much more to the universe. What's that? Not just a love for the world or a love for the ages, but a love for the universe and millennia. This is a... Big time. Big time, fated yeah. love. Yep. Um, Again, he loved his fated loves. He did, or he loved to, um, you know, use the zero point to manifest these things mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Or yeah. or just make up a story. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I agree. He uh, says, all of us in minerals and chemicals of space you carry within your womb, that's how we got to this place, which I thought was kind of interesting kind of a metaphysical thing all of the same minerals and chemicals of space you carry within your womb that's how we got to this place but the human body contains about 60 chemical elements i looked it up oh nice um not all of the elements but many and it maybe is almost a little crack in the religiousness to the the idea that you know we could have come from somewhere else and been a part of the universe at large before being here right you know and created and, in in an image unless right. you i mean and certainly you can say created in an image and big bang theory and all those things are not mutually exclusive oh i mean it could have been God, the mm-hmm. oh, well, Almighty, course. who designed all of this to come together. Ex- exactly. It makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So, yeah, I think, I'm not quite sure where you found the lyrics, but I, what, what were the first two? Did you say all of us? Yeah, in minerals. And all of chem- us in minerals. I think the real lyrics are all of the same minerals and chemicals of space okay. you carry within your womb. That's how we got to this place. And I had the same thing. Like, I was a little surprised this made it. Into a Prince song less than 10 years removed from an album like The Rainbow Children. For sure. Definitely a migration of thinking going on uh-huh. here. Yes. You know, and it, well, I mean, it makes sense. He's kind of... Maturing. <laughs> he's maturing, but he's also kind of changing a little, embracing more conspiracy theories in a lot of ways. So. Yep. This is a little more mystical. It seems like he was kind of moving yeah. in this direction a little bit. At least bit. he said minerals and chemicals of space. He did not say chemical trails. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, again, just a few years removed from that. Right. I mean, even closer than the Rainbow Children. Right. Yeah. The first half of this line is so romantic. And then it gets a little, wait, what? Wait, what did you say? Love is much too small a word for what you feel for me. Love is much too small a word for what you feel for me. Right. (laughs) Um, I wondered if you might hear that and think of it as, you know, more uh, if I was your girlfriend mentality. (laughs) Like, that's sweet, but you... you, Another Star Wars reference, you assume too much, (laughs) Prince. Yes, I was like, it starts off so romantic. Love isn't a big enough word. It's just four letters. It's not big enough for these intense feelings that you have for me. Right. (laughs) 
more of that <laughs> manifestation of, you know, turning <laughs> thoughts into reality maybe, or mm-hmm. also just another example of Prince turning a phrase a little differently because yeah. I think you fully expect it to go. Love is much too small a word, a word for what I feel for you. Uh-huh. And he's turned it around the right. other direction, maybe for a little wisecrack or, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. Also, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try and go with theory. the wisecrack theory Not rather a than a controlling freak theory. Yeah. Right. Or a bloated sense of self-importance. Well, I'm sure that was there. Well, I'm sure it was too, but I I would like to see less of it in the song. Okay. Yeah. Um, at two minutes and 10 seconds, just before that verse, Prince introduces some new, I don't know, ways of saying sing along or yeah. Uh-huh. And here it's get nice. Oh, yes. Which yeah. I thought was kind of interesting. Get nice. Love is and then after that verse, there's a little interlude musical interlude uh where he sings come on you see that i want you and at three minutes and one second he there's a ooh wee in the background <laughs> that uh always catches my ear fun yeah and i kind of love the idea that a brand new story in the making beginning endlessly it's kind of acknowledging that cycle yeah the the end of things is the beginning of something and it happens continually Mm -hmm. at least in our understanding of time correct you know we feel it experience it linear linearly there's you know the whole flat circle of time thing that i don't understand very well but it has been a week for scientific thinking and (laughs) uh we read a story about dyson spheres and how there's a possibility that aliens are harvesting energy from black holes with Dyson spheres. It's and here, it all just like fit right into listening to this album, which For I sure. never thought of as being that deep lyrically. Right. Um, but you sit here and you study it and you're like, there's, and it's not as troubling either. It's not right. as preachy. It's mm-hmm. not as like trying to convert you to someone else's way of thinking. It's more this creative songwriting process. Yes. And uh, it's, I found it really enjoyable. Yeah, me too. It's like reading interesting things that you might not agree with, but it doesn't take away the fact that it's still an interesting approach. Right. Like, you're completely wrong, but it is really interesting Uh and entertaining to listen to you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I mean, a lot of these things are theoretical. They can't be proved one way or another. And just because I don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not true. Just because Prince did agree with it doesn't mean it is true. Right. You know, it's just, it's all theoretical and interesting to think about and Mm -hmm. very enjoyable. There are guitars near the end, and they're different in the right and left channel. That didn't um, make you dizzy? No, because it was playing different things in each channel. and it wasn't an echo chamber. Oh, yeah, and as you're sitting there, like, if you concentrate on one side and then concentrate on the other, it's so enjoyable. Another connection to Welcome to America, especially the song uh, One Day We Will All Be Free Uh at 3 minutes and 13 seconds in Beginning Endlessly. The lyrics are, history is full of praise for another's history. Okay. More and more than the one that became before you and me. 
to school just to learn about what never existed but if your uh-huh. history only burns it's better to resist it uh-huh. there's a little bit of a connection there i thought to uh you know how history is told how history is taught how history is written by people who win obviously i think in beginning in this lee he's again talking about that cycle of history is ongoing mm-hmm. you know essentially but i just thought it was an interesting line and wanted to point it out really? um, and then an auto-tuned prince is kind of hidden in here at four minutes and 54 seconds when he says, beginning endlessly. There's like this uh, kind of auto-tune version of his voice doing it. Which I thought was kind of cool. And it's not throughout the entire song. It's just in this one little part that was a nice little hit. Yeah. I mentioned that I was going to talk about the structure of the album. Right. So now that we talked about the first two songs, I can start talking about how I think this whole album is set up in groups of two. There's couplets of songs with similar thematic concepts. Okay. So compassion and beginning endlessly share themes of connectedness. Yeah. So close connections between individuals and connectedness among humanity. Very good observation. I'm on board. These two songs. And so every two songs... Have a connection. Okay. And I'll illustrate those as we go along. All right. Yeah. I have a similar but different thought later okay. on also. Okay. But that's really cool. All right. Yes. I think I thought it was really neat as I was going through this. So Future Soul Song, mm-hmm. uh, the engineer H.M. Buff states that he recalls this song being recorded during his tenure at Paisley Park, which was from 1995 to 2000. Mm-hmm. So at least an initial recording of some type right. for Future Soul Song uh, emerged during that time. Uh, Prince evidently told the Daily Mirror that this was his favorite song on the album. Oh, I did not read that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Yes. There was also uh, records from Sunset Sound. That the track was reworked in August of 2008 there oh, also. Okay. So that might have been the recordings that ended up on the album. Right. Um, but then there's, um, you know, all the police photography from Prince's Vault lists this together with sticky light glue with a date of November 20th, 2009. So it could have been reworked in 2008 in Sunset Sound, maybe when he was uh, on a tour or on The Tonight Show, because he mm-hmm. was in On The Tonight Show um, often, and then worked on further at Paisley Park for, and then eventually showed up on the album. So I don't think, I do believe H.M. Mm-hmm. Buff when he says yes. so, and I don't think it's that uncommon, especially with Prince, for songs to be pulled forward and, you know, hey, this will work really well here, really well here, and have it happen manifest itself that way the zero point of prince recordings exactly oh this one starts with keys bouncing back and forth in the stereo which did make me dizzy oh i didn't even notice those I was more uh, just kind of intrigued with the 1980s flavored Lindrums. Yeah, that, it was super cool, but there's this these keys that are going back and forth. Like and a vibration make, kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I just thought, you know, if you're a fan of 
what you might call Prince's golden era of music, then mm-hmm. uh, instrumentally, the beginning of the song harkens back to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's singing in a deeper register. Oh, very yeah. baritone, like at 27 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, well, all right. Super deep, even before he starts singing in a in a very deep voice, which is unusual in a ballad for Prince. For sure, because ballads were almost always falsettos, but you know, there's exceptions to every rule. Yeah, yeah. The little you mentioned the Lind drums, and there's these like springy sounding drums mm-hmm. that are a part of that. Yeah. I thought they were really neat. Yes. Yeah. And those are kind of Purple Rain era effects also. Okay. That kind of bouncy, almost tambourine yeah. kind of sound too. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but they, but they sounded springy. I don't know how else to describe springy. it. Springy. Yeah. Not wintry or summery. No, more like a... Yes. Like a... A coil. A, yeah. What's the thing that goes from... A, a, a slinky. slinky. There yes. we go. Future soul, song, future soul, song. Oh, what a wonderful song. <laughs> <laughs> See, I kind of thought that some of the beginning endlessly and zero point themes carry over into verse one oh, here. Okay. You know, I had a dream last night that I was flying for the first time, and in the dream, I could pilot my flight with the thoughts in my mind. So, uh-huh. thoughts equals energy, energy equals matter, thoughts equal oh. matter. That's cool. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I kind of still was seeing it pulling from that. Uh-huh. For sure. Well, and it was, okay, just because I found the couplet thing of the songs doesn't mean that they can't relate to other songs Yes, well. well, that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. But I think that he intentionally placed each set of two songs together for a reason. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is a lot of dreaming or like uh, daydreaming. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it's technically dreaming because he even says, I had a dream last night that I was singing and the sound of my voice seemed to come from every mountaintop like it had no choice. I love that. that, Very cool. The picture that that paints. Right. I had a dream last night that I was singing and the sound of my voice seemed to come from every mountaintop like it had. Like he's almost godlike yes. in this dream. He truly is because the like sun he, rises with his voice. Yes, and it. But it was a lot of there's a lot of unity in it too, and the idea that it was more than just him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he was godlike, but there was things working with him yeah. within this dream, and it was. I know it just painted a really nice picture. I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, I thought that it was very pretty lyric writing from mm-hmm. an era that's not exactly known for great lyrics. Like, sure, it's almost like oh, it's time has passed. Sure, you know he's still making great music, but maybe the songs are cornier. The yeah. you know the original thinking is maybe not there, and that's really not the case at all. Mm-mm. Well, and even in verse three, there is a very direct allusion to the Judeo-Christian God, where he uh, says, "Let there yeah. be light." Right. Before the war, the only words and language said, "Let there be light." And then even calls out dogmatic persecution. 
It's the sound of the surrendering soul Louder than the dogmatic persecution Now sing it like you got that right yes. Which I thought a little rich coming from the guy who made the Rainbow Children. It is very rich. And <laughs> even just the use of the word dogmatic, I yeah. found like kind of misplaced. I mean, it's used correctly, so I guess misplaced. It just seems out of place. It's not a, a word you would normally hear uh, anyone use unless you were, you know, uh-huh. at a, a TED Talk. Right. You know, um, and especially in a Prince ballad. Yeah. I thought it was just kind of weird. Yeah, and it really makes me wonder if this line was in the original the original recording. It's just, I mean, there's no way for us to ever know, but it just seems so interesting. Was it a loop? Did he add this in? Yeah. I mean, this is the oldest song on the album, but coming at a time when, you know, he was starting into that very intense religious study, yep. it would be interesting to know when that line came in to be a part of the song. Yeah. I mean, there's no way for us to know, but yeah. I also think there, this is not an album that I think is associated with Prince's guitar playing in any way, shape or form. I've not, not heard that, especially mm-hmm. lead guitar. Yeah. Um, but at two minutes and 37 seconds, there's a great uh, guitar solo that is just soaring and beautiful and uh, just fits the song perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that whole let there be light, the ones who can see it are the ones who believe it and put up no fight, like just a, a blind faith kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's all about God, surrender, faith, and just pretty lyrics, especially, and in the absence of fear and control is the sound of the surrendering soul. In the absence of fear and control is the sound of the surrendering soul. And I think that is... That's beautiful. That's yeah. um, deep and uh, meaningful and inclusionary. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You should do you. Guess what? And yeah. let me do me. Also, very, very inclusionary. That's right. later days prints it is and then a really cool guitar ending uh Mm -hmm. at the end of that song as it kind of crescendos into yeah let me do me then we have sticky light glue it's peppy and fun with this plucky guitar to start off oh and cool drums to start off super cool yeah yeah And he's dreaming of her, likens her to a cup of coffee when she's near. Uh I had to go, but now I need a cup of something black and strong beside me. I was used to waking up with you here. Yeah. Town, I had to go, but now I need a cup of something black and strong beside me. I was used to waking up with you here now. You know, of course, this is uh, more of his own feelings manifesting as opposed to him saying, <laughs> love is much too small a word for uh-huh. what you feel for me. <laughs> this is more writing, right, from his own emotions, of course. But uh-huh. I also find that 
and I think I mentioned this to you in passing in the kitchen, that it's some of the most uniquely delivered verses in all yeah. of Prince's catalog. Yeah, I like love it. all of them are structured with three slow syllables followed by a run of words, you know, like a kind of a splattering of syllables, uh-huh. and then three more slow syllables. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it's like, like Morse code. A little bit, but uh-huh. repetitive Morse code. So, whatever that message is gets said many times. Maybe it's aliens and their Dyson spheres. <laughs> uh, sending us messages from black holes with the energy they've harvested. <laughs> but, you know, like the wheels go down there, but I'm loving another dream of you all night long. Uh-huh. And that's how the whole thing goes. And I would think if you just described it to me, I would be like, oh, that sounds kind of Awful. repetitive. Oh, like, no, God, but it's really? amazing. And it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. There's a lot of lyrics about waking up. Yes. Awaking from a slumber. And I think that there was maybe an intimacy that he was longing for where you're you're vulnerable when you sleep and waking up with somebody and letting them see you with messy hair and, uh-huh. you know, your makeup's gone or not a mess and you have morning breath and rumpled and sheet marks on your face or whatever. It's, it's so vulnerable, but it's so intimate and mm-hmm. maybe a little bit frightening too. <laughs> well, what would it, not not be... like frightening because of how you look, but or how I look, how anybody looks when they wake up, yeah. but just like the yeah. vulnerability. Sure, is to be fully exposed. Yeah, and he, you know, he doesn't sing about um, this particular woman in this way either. It's all about, I mean, as far as like how she lo- what what she's wearing, how she looks made up. It's bright blue eyes staring down into mine, uh-huh. saying, "Good morning, how are you?" Right. Blue eyes staring right in the mind saying good morning. How are you? Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's just about, I don't know which of the women Prince dated that had blue eyes or if this is even rooted in reality or written half asleep, you know, dreaming, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's more about natural beauty and being Connection. attractive. Yeah. yeah, being attracted to one another. I thought it was really funny in the little rap part. Sticky, sticky, one, two. <laughs> the scene you remember most is none of them. Yes. Sticky, sticky, one, two. That was the coolest movie ever. The one we saw last night. The closer you got to me, the less we saw. All right. The scene you remember the most is none of them. That ain't a boast, girl. I'm just in front of the mothers. I am a gracious host. Everybody under me, make a toast. I did my best Prince rap impression and sang that to you uh-huh. to see if you recognize that. I don't think you had quite got your head around the album just yet. No, I had not. Because that was one of my, I don't know, just kind of makes you chuckle. You yeah. Know? Um, and then there's some little asides that are kind of fun. Sexiest man alive. People at magazine ain't even in the top five. Yes. Yes, it's great. It was very fun. And then when he says breakdown at two minutes and 57 seconds, and there are these falsettos and guitars going on that are just incredible. Perfection. And he sets up the ladies for their background parts, mm-hmm. too, at three minutes and six seconds. He sings in his falsetto, oh, oh sticky like glue. Uh-huh. And he says, all right, that's the part. 
And then the women <laughs> come in and start singing it, uh-huh. all three of them, and uh, do it behind more kind of almost ad-libbing by Prince over them. Yeah. Is... I got something I won't say to you, baby. I want to dig me later. Oh yeah. About it's... how he knows we're dysfunctional, but I yeah 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 you can't see myself with another girl. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's a complicated relationship, but it's yeah. magnetic and inescapable. Yes. Yeah. And a little unprince-like because there's not a lot of finger pointing in here. I think right. uh, this we're is both a period mess. where yes. <laughs> But, you know, he says, tell me what to do. Is it me or you? We fight so much and then we're through. It might come as a shock to you, but I still love you. Uh-huh. I don't know. Again, it just seemed very open and, like you said, vulnerable. Yeah. Also, not just about physical appearances in the morning, but laying it out on the table like that for yeah. somebody else. Uh-huh. Agreed. So the couplet, future soul song and sticky like glue. Okay. They're both dreaming and dreams. Okay. They're like talking about sleep and slumber and dreams, either dreams of something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. or dreams of uh, a close and intimate relationship despite its complicatedness. I like this theory a lot. Okay. I do. Thank you. My thought on this is... I saw the first three songs as I'm going to use your couplet and uh-huh. say triplet because they all have the connection with uh, the metaphysical sure. and astrophysics, sure. you know. Um, and the next three songs, starting with Sticky Light Glue and our next one, Act of God, and then Laveau, are almost like a suite to me. They, oh. they run together. Okay. They have similar drum sounds and seem connected to me, not thematically, but musically like it's almost like a run of songs and it's kind of the thing that made me as a kid love listening to prince albums and how some songs would run together and i would sit and watch the little track number on my cd player and watch the track number change i'm like okay this is where the next song is really meant to start but they run together a little bit Uh you know even as something simple like i would die for you and baby i'm a star there's a clear break there but they are almost together as a pair right um Hmm. which i always thought was super cool very cool all right, then we move on to Act of God. Right. A response to the 2008 financial crisis. Yeah, probably yeah. so. Yeah. I think that's a good reading of it. Yeah, the uh, first verse, Dirty Fat Banker, called the financial crisis an act of God mm-hmm. uh, to escape culpability. And in fact, Donald Trump claimed that the market downturn for housing in 2008 in Chicago was an act of God to try and escape culpability for being unable to sell uh, some real estate. Yes. Wow. Well, we could alienate a lot of listeners by getting into that, but I will (laughs) choose to avoid it. That's fine. I just thought it was worth mentioning that because he literally called it an act of God. And I'm like, no, this isn't an act of God. This is an act of man. Right. Which is exactly what Prince is saying. Yeah. You just summed up the entire song. These are actions of men. That's right. Yes. Now, then someone like the aforementioned previous president Uh might say, well, God created man. Man created this. Ergo, by the transitive property of me... I say it's an act of God. Mm, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Whatever. Yeah. So that's the first verse. Um, Although 
It's more about, you know, selling a house at auction and throwing, evicting someone, essentially. Right. Yes. To recoup probably missed rental payments. Right. Which is now perfectly timed, sadly, because uh-huh. this month with the rental assistance and protection for people who rent homes expiring mm-hmm. and not being renewed, uh, this very same story is continuing to happen. Well, yep. it wouldn't happen with or without the pandemic, but I just thought listening to the song and then listening to other podcasts about, you know, state of the world and uh, where it's all repeating again. You know, Prince's argument for history being cyclical is has played out just in the period of 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the second verse, he kind of confuses bankers and the government. Yes, he does. <laughs> because he says, I get a million dollars to people hear me sing. Yeah. Got to give the banker half of everything. Didn't the founding father, fathers holler about the same thing? Yes, they do. I'm like, I get a million dollars, people hear me sing. Got to give the banker half of everything. Didn't the founding fathers holler about the same thing? Yes, they do. Call it an act of God. Because he didn't give it to the bankers. It was about taxation. Correct. I even was, I'm like, that sounds right to me. And I don't think that that would be something that Prince would make up to include in a song. So I was like, okay, well, let me look at what did the founding fathers say about taxing? Because they had to fund the government some way, right? So there was taxing. But I found a blog published on February 3rd, 2021 Mm -hmm. on constitutioncenter.org that is just this big website uh, based on the history of the Constitution. Um, It's not political leaning. It's all fact-based. I found it really interesting. And part of this blog entry, which Christy will post on social media, aforementioned, in part reads, the founding fathers and the generation of leaders that followed them weren't big on the idea of an income tax. Tariffs and sales taxes helped fund the federal government in the early days of our country, but the financial needs of the Civil War led to the first national income tax. So if you were an American citizen before 1913, with very few exceptions, you didn't have to deal with an April deadline and the IRS. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So the statement is right, but yeah, got to give the banker half of everything is not now he might be saying like his his accountant is yeah. saying you've got to fork this over <laughs> so I can take <laughs> care of your taxes. That your might taxes be. you don't get the Jimmy Hoffa yeah. style treatment. Right, but the accountant didn't keep that money right. unless he was embezzling money. He or she was embezzling money from Prince, but maybe that's how the lyric came about was, you know. Yeah. Your dealings with your accountant say, yeah, you made a million dollars for this one, whatever, the Super Bowl appearance, I thought might be what he's referring to here. And that might be a low number for a Super Bowl appearance. Um, And the taxes that came out of that would have manifested in, you know, like 2009. So that would have been probably something that might have stabbed him in the heart a little bit. Right. And stuck around. Mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. He says, freedom ain't free, they lock you in a cell if you try to be. Freedom ain't free, they lock you in a cell if you try to be. And so those words, those lyrics, right on. I get it. People protest rightly for liberties, and they get arrested. But on the heels of him fussing about taxes, Hmm. I just like to say, I like roads. I like schools Police. and an educated populace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like disaster relief. Yeah. Vaccines. 
I like <laughs> a lot of the things the taxes go to pay for. No, not all of them. Right, and some of it is misappropriated, and that's because humans are in charge of making the money and spending the money. So right. there are going to be decisions that don't sit well with some people. There are going to be decisions that are mistakes. There are mm-hmm. going to be outright stupid decisions because uh-huh. that is humanity. Right. Uh, but sure. yeah, it is a little rich. Um, ha ha, I see what I did there. Uh-huh. To come off of you know complaining about paying your taxes. Which, by the way, if you make a lot of money, you should pay a lot of taxes. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't see Prince exactly wanting for an awful lot in his life. So, And you know. he sure wanted to help people. And he had enough to uh, give away yes. and, and offer assistance, which was a beautiful thing to do. And he didn't have to do it. Right. But probably wouldn't have had he not been in that position. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and this is not... That's the uh, first of a couple references on this album uh, to... The cost of freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, here being, I got news for you, freedom ain't free. And that's a refrain um, in the chorus here. And we'll see it again later. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, speaking of things we don't like our taxes spent on. Wars. Wars. He talks about that in the third verse. Right. There was a lot of confusion. And some people felt like a lot of dishonesty about wars happening in the Middle East. Yeah. To Supposedly to protect us from Saddam, and which happens to rhyme with bomb. Right. Yeah. Tax dollars build a plane, drop a bomb. Supposedly to keep us all safe from Saddam. Bringing bad news to another war mom. Calling Yeah. But I thought this was an interesting line, bringing bad news to another woman. Mm-hmm. And that can really be both places. If yeah. you're talking specifically about Iraq, we're doing bombs and things. A lot of times women were losing their husbands. Right. You know, yeah, it, husbands who were serving in the military well, overseas. Yeah, yes, but like we were dropping bombs and killing Iraqi men. Yeah. And so women were losing there. Yes. And women who were... Here in the U.S., whose right. spouses were serving overseas, they're, mm-hmm. they're also getting bad news because yes, it was, their spouses uh, were dying. Now, right. I mean, generally the same men. Of course, there were women both sides in those places that yeah. died as well. But right. but that uh, you know, like the historical notion of you know the someone from the military showing up at your home with a flag and an apology or you uh-huh. know, delivering bad news is normally uh, you know depicted as a woman answering the door. Right. Right. And I thought that was interesting also. Mm-hmm. So here we are in a, in a song called Act of God and basically humans blaming human mistakes on on uh, the Almighty. Right. Also has a little bit of we're all together in this sort of thing, though, too. Funny how nobody's holy books are the same. Everybody's God's got a different name. The day that it's over is the end of the game, and they'll call it an act of God. So it's like this is a universal thing that, you know, whether it's Buddha or God uh-huh. or, you know, whatever, the magic right. panda. Yeah. The the cow, I don't yeah. know, whatever it is that you worship, this exists everywhere that, right. you know, we're blaming the unblameable. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I like that he didn't go with the whole Satan thing either. Like he specifically says, not that it was Satan. There never was no hell or boogeyman here. If he was seen, look, he was in your mirror. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's you. You can't blame this on a powerful enigmatic force beyond your control. No, it was your decisions that brought this misery upon people. Right. There never was no hell of boogeyman here. If you see look, he's in your mirror. Call it back to God. I love that line too, yeah. that we are our own uh, worst enemy. In yeah. a sense, we're the source of our own fear. Yeah. For sure. And that also goes back to previous lyrics about the surrendering of souls and mm-hmm. lack of fear sure. and is about blind faith and um, being comfortable with that. And I thought that was a good connection to the song, too. Yeah. Let's go on to Laveau. Uh-huh. Yes, it's a region in Switzerland. Which I never looked up and did not know. Oh, I will okay. fully admit being geographically Challenge. stupid. Oh, no. It's and just... I was like, you know, I never... Where this is, I don't know. I don't know. Laveau. You don't know Laveau. Prince knew Laveau. Now, it was near the site of the Montreux Jazz Festival, which Prince played in 2007 and 2009. Is believed to be he had an affinity for this area after having played those uh, festivals. Correct. Yes. A very retro-sounding start. Yeah, and again, that's why I kind of thought of it as a suite with Sticky Like mm-hmm. Glue and Act of God and Laveau, and they yeah, do they kind are. of run together a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, yeah. It's interesting, that downbeat, when it gets to Laveau, almost sounds like the downbeat slows down a little at the beginning when mm-hmm. the song starts to get you sure. off the Act of God tempo and into the Laveau tempo, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And every time I've ever listened to Laveau, which has been a lot in the last couple weeks, I mean, it can't just be me who hears a lot of the Pointer Sisters automatic in oh, the okay. synth line from this song. Automatic was on uh, the Pointer Sisters uh, album released in 1983 called Breakout. If you listen to automatic, the Pointer Sisters automatic, mm-hmm. the synth line that's at 17 seconds and then the chorus at a minute and 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. You will hear the synth lines from Laveau. Dun, 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 oh, fun. It's they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar. So when I went to, I'm like, I know I'm not crazy, but let me go back and listen to the Pointer Sisters automatics. It's been forever since I heard that. We had the cassette when I was growing up uh, in the 80s. Um, so looking at their album Breakout, which was released the year after Prince's 1999, I was surprised to find some song titles that Prince fans might recognize. Yeah. One track being Automatic, okay. which is no relation yeah. to Automatic from 1999. And then there is a song on Breakout titled Dance Electric. Oh, cool. How cool is that? that Otherwise, is cool. no connection to Prince and even those songs aren't connected. I just thought it was a fun note that I heard. Some of Automatic and Laveau, and then went to look uh-huh. up, let me listen to this and make sure I'm not crazy. And then there's a song called Automatic like and Dance, Dance Electric. Electric. Right there. Oh, right cool. there. Very cool. Yeah. Anyway, we're here to talk about Laveau and Prince. That's not, right. Not uh, the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> 
Life back home depresses me just another form of slavery. The cost of freedom is anything but free. There's so your second reference. That's another reference to it. Life back home depresses me just another form of slavery. The cost of freedom is anything but free. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is why people take vacations. It is why, yeah, you which know? Prince rarely did. Right. Uh, yeah, because you go but there he- and... It's pretty to look at, but you know, it's one of those grass is greener situations. There right. is plenty of hardships in Laveau. I have no clue what any of them are or what the political situation is there, but you can't tell me that it's this perfect place where everyone just agrees and, uh-huh. you know, uh, the clouds are puffy and it rains every Friday morning. And, <laughs> uh, you know, the streets smell like donuts. And <laughs> people are smiling and nobody's got any cavities. Yep. Well, and that's what I was like. Based on the second verse, he feels connected to Laveau yep. and relaxed there. Yes. Um, but that's the thing about getaways, is that if you were to move there, you take your baggage, literal or figurative, yeah. or both. All the stuff that's troubling you. you. Yeah. It's, it all goes with you. It's just like every relationship you have. You get, it's why you have to... It's a good idea if you've had a long set of relationships and you're leaving one and entering into another, go get some therapy so you can unpack those bags and not take all the crappy stuff that ruined the last relationship with you to the next one. Wow, there's so many connections to if I was your girlfriend. Uh (laughs) Yeah, you're Uh completely right. And I I don't think that Prince was naive to that thing, Mm. but... You know, when you're a songwriter and a performer, you're right. looking for inspiration. So he found the place beautiful and it took his mind off of, uh, you know, the, the life that I think he even fully admitted was very blessed. Right. Uh, with God-given talent. Yeah. But even then, he's running a business. He's got to pay salaries and more so, he's got to get these ideas out of his head or it drives him crazy. And so there's a, he said it's a blessing and a curse. So here he is, a place where he can escape. And he goes back to his blessing and curse to write about it, of course. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just focused on the parts that are inspiring right. and relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just fun. And he kind of feels enigmatic. A paradox's box's key. I'm the why in mystery. Uh-huh. A paradox's box's key. I'm the why in mystery. You can unlock the secrets if you please. That's very, that's a very Prince thing uh-huh. right there. Yeah, very be, like mystical. Yeah, and... yes. I think he liked to write things that would make people say, what does that mean? And there are often times where I think even he doesn't know the exact right. meaning, but it's written in a way that you could interpret it many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe he meant it all the ways. Maybe he meant it one way and we just get to experience it as another way. Yeah. All right. So this is part of a couplet. So we have Act of God and Laveau, and I think, for me, I'm, I could see these connected. They're both about home. Okay. Act of God laments the failures of what could and should be at home. Okay. And then Laveau is idolizing an almost impossible version of home. Very nice. But it's I mean... very, like real home where he actually lives his life and what he's super frustrated with is is troubling. Yeah. And 
of course, none of those things exist in Laveau. Right, yes. Yeah. In his in his perfect yeah. world. Yeah. In his songwriting world. Right, exactly. So they were kind of two sides of the same home coin. Yeah. Very good. I feel like um, if there's a dissertation on Prince in the work somewhere, that this is an excellent <laughs> uh, foundation for an essay. That, there you go. For sure. I um, don't have I don't have one of those planned, but oh, me either. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I'm doing this. If you do, just you know, uh, cite credit. the podcast. That's right. <laughs> Put us in your work cited. Yeah, I did want to question one lyric at the very end. Okay. Revolution time has come today because it took a black face to see the same decay. Revolution time has come today. It took a black face to see the same decay. I struggled with that little to know what that meant or what we're getting to. Is it an Obama reference, perhaps? I Is it, think so. I, I don't know because he kind of was slow to uh, praise Obama on Welcome to America, the album that followed this right. in the official podcast. Uh, one of the women, maybe it was Shelby J, was saying, or Morris Hayes, maybe, who was saying that uh, Prince said, well, we're not going to give Obama a pass. We're going to uh-huh. you know, see what, what actions are taken, how quickly things get done before we start celebrating the first black president. He's got to make a real difference first. So I don't, I don't know. Well, I wonder if maybe it wasn't a all those hard things at home. Yeah. You know, where things are just a, another form of slavery were being amplified. They'd always been there. But they were being amplified and maybe perhaps blamed on President Obama okay. a bit. Yeah. And therefore, you're being able to see these things. Some people who hadn't okay. been able to see them before yeah, like- saw these issues now, but mm-hmm. even though they were doing a unfair attribution of responsibility. Gotcha. Sure. Like all of a sudden you see what was there in front of you the whole time. Then you look to the top and point a finger. Right. Um, I did like how lyrically the song ends and it comes back around to a previous lyric about take me to the streets of Portugal. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it like Prince sings it. Uh, That might be my destiny to see the waterfall. Tears or rain, they're all the same. The only way to win this game is to let everybody share, play and share them all. Take me to the streets of Portugal. That might be my destiny to see the waterfall. Tears of rain, they're all the same. The only way to win this game is to let everybody play and share the ball. Here at the end, like the chocolate of Vave, in the sun they'll melt away. As for me, I'll laugh and go to the mountains where the waters flow back to the vineyards of Laveau. Uh-huh. So it kind of comes full circle to yeah. this previous thing, which I thought was kind of a... Nice way to end the song. Like the chocolate of that bay, in the sun they'll melt away. And as for me, I laugh and go to the mountains where the waters flow, back to the vineyards of Laval. Repeat of Laval. With some Pointer Sisters inspired scenes. Yeah. A lot of people don't like this song, I don't think, but I like it a lot. Oh, I like it, and I think there are only so many notes and so many combinations of notes in the world, and I'm not saying that it's a lifting of the Pointer Sisters without no, credit, yeah. but it's just kind of a fun... I remember listening to that song, singing on the radio, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, along with Jump, and there's other great songs on that Pointer Sisters album, and it just... That song about Prince remembering his time in Laveau 
because of the synth line and its similarity to something I heard as a kid, I mean, I can picture myself riding in my dad's car and hearing that on the radio and going to wherever it was we bought cassettes and the <laughs> long yeah. plastic sleeves back then. <laughs> yep. Then we have Walk in Sand. Prince performed at the Palco Superbach Festival in Portugal as part of the 2010 tour on July 18th, 2010. Yeah. And Superbach made an unsanctioned but very well made video for this song. Are you going to post that on social I media? You bet I am. All right. Because I found it and it is excellent i have not seen it it's so. super cool you'll you know, really I'm appreciate gonna go it follow the mountains in the sea <laughs> on facebook and twitter right now so i don't miss it <laughs> and if you don't use facebook or twitter you can always send us an email josh if you t- decide you don't oh okay you don't want to follow us there i'll think about it i'll let i'll let you know okay um it's a really pretty falsetto ballad so our previous ballad was Done in a more baritone, deeper register voice. Now we're getting a falsetto pretty ballad. Yes, we are. And we're also getting one thing not heard anywhere else on this album, which is live drums, not drum programming. Very cool. And I read that credit where credit's due. I read that on uh, Prince Vault. Uh Um, And when I did, I was like, I never have realized that, that this is the one song. It ought to sound radically different than the rest of the album, but I find that it fits in great yeah very nicely so i don't even know how to explain that or but i just found it really pretty cool like Mm -hmm. wow a live drum one track on an album you would think um it would stand out like a sore thumb and Uh, it doesn't it It fits right in yeah yeah all of the battles lost both of us in denial it was a bad day uh-huh. It was a bad day, but it's made better and more enjoyable because nothing's better than to walk in sand hand in hand with you. It's just a simple love song. Yeah, um, it's sweet. It's... I have read people who are not a fan of this. Like, okay. this is just crap. I'm like, well, you're crap, first of all. This is, <laughs> um, this, there's nothing wrong with a pretty song in the middle of some deep stuff and yeah. that's kind of what we've got in here this far this this is the first song that's almost like a fun break almost it, it's like a fun break but it's also he's talking in so many of these previous songs about how challenging things are yeah and here he is telling his sweetheart yeah even on challenging days we can have a little beauty at the end of it that's right, as long as they're in a place where there's sand. Well. Uh, he does not say beach or lake, so it could be like a playground or uh-huh. a litter box. <laughs> a litter box. <laughs> there are um, a lot of lakes in Minnesota, of course. That's so, true. Yeah. So they go to bed at dawn. Another I sun is so. rising yes. to bed with no delay. That's very Prince, right? The both of us go despising not enough time to play. Like they're mad that they have to go to bed because it's dawn. Yeah, I saw that as a relationship thing, uh-huh. the not enough time to play or spend time together, uh-huh. but also his professional habits that 
Yeah. Morning comes too soon for him, and he didn't have enough time to perform, play. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yes, because, you know, sometimes when you don't take the stage till 3 a.m., right. it's done by the time you... Yeah, or you Go work home. with people who are normal human beings and who have to help you run your studio. So you might be ready to start at 4 a.m., uh, but they're all toast by the time, you know, yeah. <laughs> dawn rolls around. Right, exactly. There's some real pretty pianos and flute. Mm-hmm. so nicely yes very much so uh yeah there's like a little instrumental break at one minute and 36 seconds that i think is what you're talking about mm-hmm. that's real pretty and prince kind of sings along in the background walk in mm-hmm. it's just real nice yeah simple yeah it does not have the word dogmatic in the lyrics <laughs> no, anywhere. no so the track ends really abruptly Yeah. But only because it actually blends into the sea of everything. That's right. Another, uh, I'm sure you're going to call it a couplet. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And another ballad, but not a falsetto, but not right. a super, super deep voice either. It's deeper, but it's not like. Oh, I thought this was very falsetto y. Like, I can't even sing. Oh. Oh, this one. He's singing high, but not not as high as he can. Well, this is the first thing you've said that I haven't agreed with oh, in this well, podcast. Hmm. <laughs> well, this episode of the podcast. I'm, 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 yes, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, in, in I know this, what you mean. Yeah. Today. Uh-huh. I know you're busy. The world's calling you. If you don't answer, what will you do? I know you're busy. The world's calling What will you do? And I was like, you don't have to answer when the world calls you. Just like you don't have to answer your phone or the door. True. You can choose to or, answer. Or LinkedIn messages. Or LinkedIn messages. <laughs> yeah. When the world calls you, you don't have to answer, but you do have to decide what you're going to do. Right. I blew our kid's mind one day because somebody came to the door. This was towards the end of summer. Somebody came to the door and I was like, oh, he's selling something. I'm not going to answer it. Well, we were all three of us kind of in the front. You could see us moving around from the front windows and there's a window in the door. You could kind of see us on the other side of it and the kids are like but he's seen us we have to answer the door i'm like it's my door i don't have to answer it if i don't want to and it blew their minds to think i don't have to take it somebody i don't know is asking for my attention i do not have to give it to them correct yeah which was kind of fun i I didn't know that that happened i don't know that you were home actually oh okay well that would make me feel less bad about that (laughs) Grammar nerd stuff. Oh, jeez. I read your letter, every word. No one writes better, at least none that I've heard. (laughs) I read your letter, every word. No one writes better, 
someone right or do you read it <laughs> just something to think about i get that okay. it rhymes with word but okay. and i know what the meaning is yes of course it's not that deep but um this also reminded me of better with time from mpl sound okay the song he wrote for um co-star of Great. under the cherry moon oh. Kristen scott thomas correct uh, just, um, you know, how he's, the way he delivers it, the way he describes her, especially this part, no one writes better, at least none that I've heard. Okay. Uh, where uh, he says something like, your words, not mine. Oh. And uh-huh. better with time kind of yeah. reminded me of this. Uh-huh. Will you still mm-hmm. feel the same when the spotlight fades? Will you still feel the same when the spotlight fades? That was kind of interesting, like him asking, will you love me when I'm not famous? Yeah. Well, I kind of wondered, you could kind of go two ways with that. Yeah. Will you love him if he's not famous? Right. But what if the spotlight's on her? Right. Or their relationship? Right. Well, or just what if, will she be, it doesn't say whether she's going to be happy or not, but once the spotlight fades... Well, because before that, he says, you sound happy, or is this a charade? Yeah. You sound so happy, or is this a charade? She's either happy or not about whatever attention. Right. And will she still have whatever opinion, Yeah. happy or or not, when it ends? Yep. Good point. Yeah. So it's, it's her... It's his fame. It works on several levels, which yeah, I really like. Yeah, them together as a couple, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He plays with his name in the chorus. Yes. Yeah. I'm a little bit surprised that he would say, would you settle for a prince? Will you settle for a prince? And the city of everything. I think that's... Uh, I think it's just... One of my favorite words from the Steve Jobs biography, which was used a million times by Isaacson, who wrote it, was demurred. And I think this is Prince demurring, you know, Uh like he's purposefully underselling himself and he knows that it's, I'm handsome, I'm cute, I'm talented, Uh I'm famous, I'm rich, I have it all. Will you settle for this? Uh Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't love the trite two ships passing reference you and me are like two ships passing never 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 reaching shore it was simple it was Um, was mostly spoken word kind of thing happening there um so yeah that was probably a little bit of weak sauce as we say (laughs) yeah yeah um but beautiful up to this point yeah um so i mean i can i overlooked it i just think it's very played Mm -hmm. that comparison for sure but it ends with this really pretty acapella. It's yes. Very, very pretty. No, you settle for this. And I see everything. So this brings us to the end of another couplet. So walk right. in sand and see of everything. Literally connected by blending into one another. Yes, they are yeah. definitely connected. Yeah, it could have been one track. Yeah. 
And they're both about romantic love and the beach and the ocean are inextricably connected because they're literally overlap. Yes. Yeah. That Mm. was a pretty easy one. (laughs) Nicely done. (laughs) Well on your way to that dissertation. (laughs) Then we have Everybody Loves Me, a very retro disco sound. Um, There's kind of a weird electric electronic treatment on his voice a little bit yes yeah i kind of compared this one to another npl soundtrack no more candy for you oh yeah it's almost like a sister song to Mm -hmm. that you know all meant in good fun but a little bit of a a diss track sort of oh okay you know like uh everybody loves me when i'm performing you know i give it to you you give it back Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway yeah Um, i really appreciate the layers of vocals that he put mm-hmm. down to add depth and interest to it's kind of a monotonous performance it is very he, monotonous really puts a lot of layers and then that adds some interest and then there's this piano that's a real fun organic break in this kind of robotic song at 49 seconds, that's where you'll hear that piano breakdown. Yep. If I don't like this song, does that make me the queen of misery? If you're the king of hate or if you're the queen of misery. Um, or oh, I guess, or yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, in his opinion, probably. <laughs> He also never played this live, so there, that whole verse two is about, you know, tonight he's performing outside, sounds a joint celebration, um, and he's saying, yeah, if you're the king of hate or the uh-huh. queen of misery, tonight I love everybody. everybody uh-huh. loves me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We finally get a little variation in the vocals when the women from Welcome to America join in and do some background Yes. Vocalizing it's really makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. I thought that this would be an excellent song for a Lego movie. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the closing credits to the first one. with uh, a, l- a little bit or yeah. everything is awesome. It's kind of got that same kind of repetitive sort of yeah. sound to it. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Okay, well, I can like this a little more oh, if I think yeah. of it as part of a Lego movie soundtrack. That's right, and maybe a sequel would have Everybody Hates Me. <laughs> yeah. I think it kind of sums up his approach to touring also. Uh-huh. Tonight I Love Everybody, that's right, everyone. I don't care what you came here for as long as you have fun. So you came here maybe expecting... Hits. Yeah, hits, and um, I don't care. You're going to have fun anyway. Yeah, Cool. Towards the end of the song, shake it like you don't know better. Whoop de woo. Shake it like you don't know better. Whoop de woo. Nothing to it but to do it. There's uh, a, another baritone part of his voice at two minutes and fifty one seconds with him saying da dum 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 da 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 dum dum. And I just want to point it out and say that I appreciate it when Prince sings along to a part of his own song uh-huh. the same way I would sing along to it. <laughs> because if I were singing along, I would probably do the same thing. And look like an idiot doing it, too. You look so cute. I was just going to say, you should like 
I wish y'all could see him because he just looks so joyful. <laughs> joyful um, Josh. Towards the end, three minutes and 21 seconds. If you listen close... When they're singing, everybody loves me, uh-huh. and repeating it, Prince turns me into multiple syllables with me, <laughs> e, e, me, e, e, and it's almost uh-huh. like this electric sample kind of thing that okay. I hadn't really noticed before, and I went back to listen to it this morning to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> I mentioned Let's Pretend We're Married with Compassion. I hear it also in Everybody Loves huh. Me, especially at uh, 3 minutes and 41 seconds. There's this repeating synth note that just brings to mind Let's Pretend We're Married. This boom, 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 boom. It just sounds a lot like that song to me. Cool. All right, and then there are... Uh... Tracks 10 to 76. Well, let's talk about those in depth because there is some really interesting stuff going on. There. Uh-huh. There's silence. <laughs> and that's only on the CD. If you're on streaming of course, services, because it's track 10. Uh-huh. Yes. But it was the 77th track on the CD. Mm-hmm. Again, yes. a little bit of obsession with numbers there. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, religious sort of yeah. mystical Correct. Relationship there. Man, it has smooth beat. It does. Oh, did um, we say it's Lay Down? I don't, I don't know, know that I said, said it. I don't know that I said the name of the it's song. It's track 77. It's yeah. Got a, it's got a hidden title, too. <laughs> <laughs> lay Down is the final track. Right. It's got kind of brooding music, almost ominous with these kind of sense uh-huh. and I mean it almost is like uh, I could see this being like theme music for Halloween yeah you know yeah a little bit yeah but yeah great beat and then almost whispered up front by Prince turn it up they do because the guitars on this are loud uh-huh. compared to the mix with guitars on the rest of the album the guitars are front and center there are tons of them they are screeching and they're fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got uh, some well-known lines for a hidden track on an album that wasn't officially released in the U.S. We know some lines really well. From the heart of Minnesota, here come the Purple Yoda, guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. From the heart of Minnesota, here come the Purple Yoda, guaranteed to bring the dirty new sound. Come on now. Awesome. I mean, for it real. You've named your fantasy football team, well, one of them. Yes. After, yeah. Yeah, the Purple Yoda. Uh huh. That's right. That's yes. right. There's also some effects on his voice that aren't heard on other tracks on this album, too, like the intro with You Need to, you need to Lay Down. At mm-hmm. 32 seconds, he's got a slowed down version of his voice going, You need to lay down. Mm hmm. You need to lay it down and let me show you how. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. You don't hear that in other places. And I have to say, too, I have I keep, even to this day, hearing it as, you need to lay it down, but it's, yeah. you need to lay, lay down. down. There's no it in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, there I want to stop and talk about Prince calling himself the Purple Yoda, because we had previous Star Wars references. First of all, his neck looks like a character from Star <laughs> Wars on the cover. Some other Star Wars reference that I made. 
you assume too much. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, and, but even more so, is there anything more Prince than how he pronounces heart? Again here <laughs> from the heart of Minnesota. Uh, go okay. and listen to how he says heart and tell me if it doesn't make you smile and go, oh, you don't even realize you've got a little bit of a Minnesotan accent. Oh, oh. And you probably don't even realize that. Yeah. We do this thing up in Funky Town. From the heart of Minnesota, here come the purple Yoda. Can't take the you need a six string and let that sucker ring. The holy funk and roll. Gotta get the people up. Yep. You need a six string and let that sucker ring. The holy funk and roll that'll get the people up. I'm like, it's the funk and roll, a little inkling of something that would come yes. in on the next actual released album, Artificial Age. Correct, and Plectrum Electrum. Yes. It's on both albums. Oh, uh, yeah. We haven't covered those albums yet, but the Plectrum Electrum version is way better. (laughs) Um, Yeah, even before he uh, sings that verse Mm -hmm. at the end of the chorus, which of course is just, you need to, you need to, you need to lay down. At 59 seconds, he says, I see ya. I see ya. You need to shut it up. Right underneath, you uh-huh. need to lay down. Uh, that's slowed down, and it's kind of fun. Like he's ad libbing to the background singers or or whatever's uh-huh. happening there. It's just kind of a fun, out of nowhere turn of phrase again by Prince. I see you. Very cool. Then we have a little controversial lyrics. Oh dear. If your girlfriend didn't have the surgery, maybe she could see what I see. If your girlfriend didn't have the surgery. Maybe she can see what I see. And there was some worry that these were uh, transphobic, like a jab that if your girlfriend didn't have the surgery, you know, insinuating that they used to be not a girlfriend, but a boyfriend. Okay. um, And that that was an issue. But based on gestures and dance moves in concert when he performed the song live, um, it seems that really what he was talking about was a boob job. Right. Yeah. I wrote down breast augmentation to take a higher road. <laughs> boob job. I'm more... <laughs> <laughs> Who was working on their dissertation again? <laughs> you might need me to help you replace some words. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, to say this name borders on blasphemy, everybody want to be me. Say this name borders on blasphemy. Everybody wanna be me. So is his name blasphemous? Or what what name are we talking about? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. All I can tell you is after he says, maybe she could see what I see at one minute and forty-five seconds, there is a bass lick and rhythm guitar that is fast and furious uh-huh. and super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Super, super cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this song's buried at the end. I think it's a great surprise. I was cool with it being, I mean, if you're going to have a hidden track, and Prince has done it a few times, and typically they're awesome. Yeah. This one, great. So there were empty tracks at the end of New Power Soul, followed by Wasted Kisses, which is arguably the best, if not one of the best songs on that album, too. So, you, But fun. you would have rather seen this as a regular album track yeah i mean i guess it doesn't really matter and right now it doesn't because it is the closing song right you know i will say that uh we get that i think prince 
knew that that first verse was a lot of fun because mm-hmm. they repeat it twice. And it's right. the only verse that gets repeated. When they sing from the heart of Minnesota, here come the purple Yoda. The uh-huh. ladies are adding an accent to uh-huh. that. That's really fun at two minutes and seven seconds. And then I say, dang, those guitars from two minutes and 12 seconds to two minutes and 25 seconds are just blissful. Yeah. Put on some headphones. And put it on. <laughs> And we get a little rap here too, and it doesn't even start with like lay down, lay down, one, two. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love uh, you know, that purple bounce, bounce, yes. Rio de Janeiro, Euro and Sunamero. Y'all's really into groovy dance to need something on fucking to move to. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That purple bounce, bounce, Rio de Janeiro, Euro and Sunamero. This dirty little groove for you. Let's do it now. Come on, boo. Bounce, bounce, bounce. One of the lyric sites I looked up has Amero as incomprehensible. Like, they couldn't oh, figure it out. I'm like, Isn't, no, it's that's like, kind of... It's like a slang for America yeah, to like Amero. Yes. Yeah. And I love that he could rhyme Rio de Janeiro with America. Okay. Somehow uh-huh. figured out a way to do it. And it's not corny. It's fun. And he gets mm-hmm. Euro in there, too. Yeah. Like, we're about to go on a world tour and kick some booty. Uh-huh. It's super fun. It is super fun. So this is our final couplet of songs, Everybody Loves Me and Lay Down. And they're both about music as a form of escape. Can't argue. Yeah. Super fun. Nicely done with the yeah. couplets. Thank you. I was, I was pretty Although proud of myself. Although couplet sounds like cutlet, and I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> okay. That's not related, though. No. But like five chicken cutlets sound pretty good right now. <laughs> and these couplets sounded good, too, to me. There you go. All right, so now it's time for us to make some selections. All right, if we must. Yeah, well, we choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. We choose a C, something that could be bad. It might not be bad, but it was the thing that spoke to us the least. And the mountain, the thing that we each host enjoyed the most. So these are my rules. So I go first. Super. The time capsule for me is the hidden bonus track because that is the only thing you can do with CDs. It doesn't make sense on records. It doesn't work on records. It didn't work on cassettes. Yeah. It did. And it would look just dumb on streaming. That's right. To have, you know, like 70, silence-filled tracks of half a second each. It just is dumb. It's silly. So it was uh, the time capsule is that it was that it was only a thing you could do on CDs. That is true. You know what really made me mad though, and it wasn't this album because I never listened to it on CD. But if you had a CD player in your car or in your home and you put it on shuffle with a oh. with a disc that had hidden tracks like this, then you would end up with silence mixed in to uh-huh. all of your other. Songs uh-huh. that was uh, really infuriating. Yeah, uh, I guess Prince's answer to that would be, "Well, listen to it from start to finish the way I intended you to." <laughs> your problem goes away. <laughs> All right, what's your time capsule? For me, it's got to be the album name, 2010, which I thought to me was kind of a lazy choice for an album name okay. because there are good song titles on here that could have made. You know, a title track like 
Prince beginning endlessly, the new uh-huh. album, you know, or future soul songs, uh-huh. like make it plural or yeah. <laughs> everybody loves me. <laughs> album title. Anyway, I just thought, um, you know, there, there isn't a title track and there could have been right. you know, 1999 was this futuristic apocalyptic, you know, themed album. 2010 was released the year of 2010, mm-hmm. but I don't see a reason to call the album 2010. Okay. It doesn't That's encompass fair. anything right. to me, you know, or call it zero point. I don't know. Yeah. There, there would have been a lot of other things that or options that would have made more sense to me. Okay. That's fine. So time capsule being because it was named 2010, released in 2010, and also just as, a, as an aside, I yeah, wasn't really wild about the name. Yeah. Okay. The C, the low point. Right. I really probably won't go back and listen to Everybody Loves Me very much. Uh, I do not love it. Unless it's in a Lego movie. Then then I'm cool with it. All right. It's like a contextual sort of thing. Yeah, it would be fun on a soundtrack of some kind. Sure. This would be be very fun. I could see it on uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, there you go. could have been fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about you? What's your C? Me, the C. Uh, I've got a theme going here. It's my second couplet of... Choices (laughs) Choices <laughs> that aren't songs. The album artwork. Oh, yeah. Uh, specifically the illustration of Prince. And also I'm going to throw in there, too, the distribution. It was so tough to get a hold of in the U.S. Uh-huh. And it went virtually unnoticed. And I have a feeling that the U.S. distribution rumors or semi-announcement of a partnership with Warner Brothers, which kind of was like, oh, I wonder what this this must be a special album for Warner Brothers to be back in the picture even if it's just a distribution deal. But the fact that it must have fallen apart probably jaded Prince more about the music industry and led to that four-year studio album hiatus. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like the whole arrangement made him Soured just him. give up give up on studio albums for a while. And now looking back, it's like we probably missed out on three or four additional albums that are probably done, and we just don't know it. Right. All right, The Mountain... It was really tough to choose because I either really liked a song a lot or I really didn't care for it a lot. Oh, I couldn't um, tell from your description. Mm, I could tell you weren't wild about Everybody Loves Me, but yeah. that's the only song that I felt like you were giving hints that was just kind of meh for you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, but um, I think the most successful track is The Hidden One, Lay Down. Yeah. That was probably my favorite from the album, though there are a number that are... Very enjoyable. Yeah. Sticky Like Glue is so much fun and was going to be my top spot for a while. Yeah, until you get past those 76 or yeah. whatever it was, however many uh, tracks of silence you had to get through, yeah. and you're like, oh, we lay down. <laughs> it came down to Lay Down and Sticky Like Glue for me. Oh, okay. And while I will say, I think Lay Down is my favorite song. Trying to pick a mountain for the album, like what to me is the best song on the album, I think Sticky Like Glue is a better song. Um, mainly because of the delivery and that kind of cadence for uh-huh. the verses that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I listened to both of these a ton to try to decide, but Sticky Like Glue came out on top. It's just lots of fun, and I agree, Lay Down is a great track and a great bonus track that, too. Yeah. Excellent. All right, what's next time? Next time, we're going to wrap up our 2010-2011 coverage and talk about and watch some unreleased sort of songs from this era and TV performances. 
maybe some live songs from this era too, because he performs a handful of these songs live and then they seem to disappear pretty quickly. So um, in particular, just to whet your appetite a little bit, we're going to call up Cause and Effect, Rich Friends, uh, the extended version of Laydown. Okay. uh, Which surfaced in 2013. Uh, there's a live performance of Laydown on Lope- on George Lopez's talk show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an NBA promo video that primarily came out of that live performance that was played during the NBA playoffs in this time period. There is a rehearsal of Sticky Like Glue that aired on Third Eye TV. There's Future Soul Song Live. There's Act of God Live. And maybe I'll pull some songs from another performance at Inglewood that were unique to that particular show that we may mix in there, too. But those are the guarantees. Anything else, you'll just have to tune in in a couple weeks. Yeah, excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us, and we really appreciate it. Tell a purple friend, and happy purple listening, friends. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us.